And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Time to talk money with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. As you say, last one for the year. Well, it is for me, but not for you. You'll be back here next Friday to uh, share some more words of wisdom with the listeners. But uh, last one for the pair of us together as a double act. Exactly right. My last show for the year Mm. before I disappear for a little while and uh, just... Relax and take it easy well, for the next few weeks. For, right? Exactly. Well, you know, catch up with a few people, eat a little too much. You, know? <laughs> hey, you don't need Christmas for that. Look at the size of me. I've been doing that all year. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a hazard, isn't it? <laughs> hazard. It's a train wreck. Especially with all that time spent uh, in lockdown this year, uh, people working from home and so forth, it mm. would have been all too easy to uh, have a few more snacks than you normally would. I think that's, you know, I think everybody's everybody's guilty of a few COVID kilos, as they say. COVID kilos, that's right. But we're looking ahead to brighter days, I'm sure. And today we're talking about what is a binding nomination and how does it work. Now, Mm. a binding nomination is related to your superannuation, isn't it? Spot on, that's right. So we were lucky enough to have Kellen come in for the last two weeks and talk about wills and enduring powers of attorney. And when we spoke about that wills episode, one of the key takeouts that people should have got from that is your will does not control your superannuation. Then the next question we get is, well, what does? And that's exactly what a binding nomination is. It's directing the trustee of the fund in relation to what you want to happen to your money should you predecease a spouse or, or, or die for any reason. And it's important that people understand that because a lot of misconception around, oh, I've got a will, it's okay, everything's going to go to my wife. Well, if you've got divorced and your ex-wife is still the nominee on your super fund, your current partner is not going to get anything. And then we end up in court and then there's a raft of fun and games that comes off the back of that. So the binding nomination is primarily to direct where money goes out of your superannuation in the event that you die. And just before we move on from that, you were talking about if you've been divorced and you move on to a new partner, update your will. Because Mm. if you talk to the lawyer, there's a very bizarre thing. When you get married it makes your previous will void. Correct. But when you get divorced, it does it not. Doesn't. So you, when you get divorced, if you've still got your old will, it's still valid. Mm. And if you haven't changed it, you'll be leaving everything to whoever it was in the old will. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, that was the ex-missus. That you love so much you left. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Correct. Right. And that's that's a great example of where being across your paperwork, you know, this, this three-week series of sort of estate side of things is – really driving home to people this is not simple stuff you know yeah. i had a conversation with a client just yesterday and he said if you hadn't have put me in touch with a solicitor to get those things addressed i would have never realized the complexity of what i was otherwise under the impression was a very simple situation um so it is you know the whole purpose yeah. of us having the show is to it, sort of point this stuff out to yeah so if you get divorced there's the two things you must do and that is update your will mm-hmm. and update your binding nomination in your superannuation spot on exactly right and that's that's very important because the binding nomination covers the super fund but there's also things that it can and can't do so we need to keep in mind that a binding nomination is different to a non-binding nomination so if we take a step back there are there are two types of nominations so if we break it down very quickly Binding nomination, I want everything in my super fund to go to my wife. And that removes the discretion of the trustee to pay it to anybody else. A non-binding nomination says, yeah, if you pay this to my wife, that'd be great. But hey, you know, you do what you see fit. So if there's a challenge or, for example, 
somebody wrote to the super fund and said, well, he promised me $100,000 and X, Y, and Z. There's then the potential that the trustee of the super fund that you're in can make a decision that may not be in line with what your primary objective was. So if you're going to go binding or non-binding, I'd say go binding first for greater clarity and greater security, but always run that past your legal professional. Um, you need to keep in mind as well that you can't make a binding nomination to a non-dependent. Okay, so a lot of people say, oh, I want to give it to my kids. Well, you can't do a binding nomination to adult children because they're non-dependent under the legislation. So in that scenario, as Kellen touched on, you want to make your estate or your legal personal representative your binding nominee, which then passes the money out of your super fund and then it gets paid into the estate bucket and then the will covers off what's in the estate bucket. So it's very much about looking at these things from a collective standpoint and saying, right, what does my will say? What do I primarily want to achieve? Then looking at the next level and saying, well, my superannuation will be part of what I want to transfer. Now, where is it going to go? And the binding nomination can provide that clarity or that direction so that all of the water runs down the hill in the same direction. Because if these things aren't aligned, um, there can be tears and fighting and you're not around to try and defend your decision um, or say, whoops, sorry, forgot to update it. And off to court, most people will trot. So you've really surprised me there. When you talk to me about a binding nomination, I would assume that I could nominate anybody that I want those assets to go to. No. So that's quite a surprise. Yeah, and that's it. And that's, again, where people need to understand that whilst they have the best of intentions to do something, you may not be able to have the control that you're after when it comes to the legalities of the direction that you've provided your super fund. So it's important to understand what the rules are. The other thing people need to keep in mind is that depending on the fund that you're in, these can lapse every three years. Now, a lot of superannuation funds offer now what they call a non-lapsing nomination, which means you make it once and until you change it, it stays in its current form. But depending on the fund that you're in, they could lapse every three years and they need to be renewed. So again, I check what your fund's particular rules are and make sure that you're across the time frame. And most good super funds will write to you and say, hey, Leon, you know, your binding nomination is going to expire on this day. Do you want to renew it? Here are some forms. And to put it in place, all you need to do is complete a form with your respective super fund, sign it to say that these are my wishes, and then have two adults over the age of 18 that are not on that document signed to say they've witnessed you um, make that nomination and that gets provided to the super fund and the super fund will then update your wishes accordingly. I'm still hung up on this thing about who you can and cannot nominate as your, as your mm. binding nomination. So it can be made out to a minor, yep. a dependent yep. or to the estate when you say dependent, that includes spouse, I presume. Yeah. But what if I'm married to somebody who's better paid than I am? She's not really dependent at all, is she? Well, again, <laughs> that's that's where you make that point of distinction where you may have an adult uh, child that you are dependent on. Yeah, That could be for care. They could reside with you to assist you um, in what you do. And there would need to be an assessment made by the trustee. So, again, it pays to understand if what you're doing looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, yeah. make sure it's a duck. Um, because assuming that, well, I live with my mum and, you know, I make a tea in the morning, well, all good sons do that. <laughs> well, of course, indeed, absolutely right. Now, here's the other question. What happens if you don't have 
a binding nomination or any kind of nomination? What if you've never nominated somebody? Uh, then it goes the the tra- there's a, the there's a whole raft of paperwork that somebody like Kellen would need to then get involved with, and there's applications made to the superannuation fund to say, well, where would it go, and who's it going to be paid to? What does somebody's uh, documentation say, and it then comes down to the discretion of the trustee where there are spouses, children and the like involved. That would then ultimately become a, a court matter um, and somebody like Kellen or a legal representative would then be on your side to try and you know, potentially address the argy-bargy yeah. between kids, wives, ex-wives and that melting pot of fun and joy that, that, that would be the fight over what's left in a super fund. So in that respect, it's a bit like failing to have a valid will. If you don't do it, you're asking oh, for trouble. I, it's going to create a, a bit of a storm of trouble. You just you just don't need it getting passed to people that are already suffering because you've died to then go and exacerbate the frustration because an ex-wife says, well, I'd like this, or an ex-husband says, well, I want this, but my kids want that, and kids from this relationship want some of that. And again, if, if the listeners have taken the most important thing of the last three weeks is, one, be prepared. Two, understand what you're trying to achieve. And three, make sure the paperwork you have completed is done by a professional to address all of the contingencies that we've spoken about today, but also that Kellen raised over the last two weeks when it comes to wills and the like. Exactly. So what should people consider when it comes to making a nomination? So when you're thinking about where things are going to go, you need to think about, one, the age of the children. So if you have um, children over the age of 18 and children under the age of 18, get some advice in relation to the best way to pay things because children under the age of 18 receive money for free. Children over the age of 18 that are not studying are deemed non-dependent pay tax at around 17% on the money they receive from the estate. So there are tax implications in relation to who you nominate. If you're going to have your wills updated, make sure that you have a legal personal representative if you wish to have everything paid into the estate and then the will will kick in and then pass out the assets that come from the fund. Um, remember to update your paperwork, as you've said. If you get divorced or you you know your situation changes significantly, make sure you update your paperwork. You just do it once and then you can put it in the drawer and not think about it. Uh, also consider what is happening in relation to your super fund. So where you start a pension and it's reversionary, then it would supersede a binding nomination because a reversionary pension passes to the reversionary individual. So you may not have one initially depending on your situation with super, but if your husband predeceased you, you may then need to put a binding nomination in place because you won't have a reversionary pensioner to transfer your money to. So again, part of your estate planning and your superannuation financial planning is also then thinking about, well, what happens if my situation changes and being across what documentation you have so that you can be nimble and make sure that you have in place what you want to occur. And then remember that some do expire. So if you have a lapsing nomination, just check and make sure that it is current and that it hasn't lapsed because you may not realise that you signed the form three years ago, but now it actually doesn't hold stead. Um, So again, make sure that your paperwork is accurate and in place um, and that you're actually trying to achieve the best transfer outcome but also the best tax outcome for the beneficiaries. Now you mentioned uh, early on that there's two different kinds of nominations. There's the binding and the non-binding. I've really got to ask, why would you choose a non-binding? What what would be the benefit of that? I don't know. 
<laughs> honestly, I, I could make something up on the bounce, but I, I, I don't see why you would have a non-binding nomination where, for me, the, the purpose of a will, a state planning documentation and, and the nomination process is to have the greatest amount of clarity around the outcome of your objectives. So why you would leave that to uh, a third party, there may be some valid reasons that you know I can't think of at the moment, but my view's always been the greater the clarity, the greater the peace of mind, and the, the potential reduction in fighting, squabbling, and, and, and crying over what should have, could have, maybe should have happened, but you've left the decision to the trustee of the super fund and not the person that's passed. So on that basis then, when you're asked to make a nomination, it's pretty important that you're clear as to whether it's a binding or a non-binding nomination. Correct. And as I say, on most Superfund's paperwork, it will ask you to make that choice by by crossing a box and, and, and making that designation. Um, but it's important that people understand the difference because it could be a bit like what we've heard from, from previous weeks. Oh, that's part of that document. Oh, it doesn't really matter. They're both the same. It's like saying... Um, Redraw facility or offset account. Oh, they're both the same. No, they're not. They're very different. And this is this is another example of that. Binding and non-binding, the outcome and the control is, is very different and people need to be aware of making an informed choice. Okay, so when you originally take out your uh, superannuation or when you, when you sign up for your superannuation, this would have to be one of the items on the form you fill out, isn't it? Correct, it's, that's it's right. It's there. So there shouldn't be any excuse for not having one. No, it's it's probably I can understand if something lapses and you don't know and yeah. maybe you've changed addresses and you haven't sent something to the super fund. I can understand that happening, um, but really, if you're getting advice and opening a new fund, part of that account opening process is understanding. Well, what did you have in the old fund? What do you want to try and achieve? What's your situation? And then ensuring that the binding nomination is accurate and in line with your broader estate planning paperwork. All right. So at the end of the day, um, one of the simpler choices you make is uh, whether you uh, want to specifically identify an individual or whether you want to direct uh, the proceeds of your superannuation to the residue of your estate, which it, that can then be dealt with by your will. Correct. And, and your driving decision there is, what is the age of my children or the beneficiary that I want to nominate? Because as we said, if they're under 18, great tax-effective way to pass money out. If there's a spouse involved, obviously money that comes from an estate is tax-free to a spouse at any age because they're deemed a dependent. So you can transfer money to each other and it may be a good planning strategy to say, well, we'll have a nomination to each other, partner to partner, and if I predecease you, take X amount of money out of the fund and give it to the kids. Again, at the right ages, with that documented and understanding between you know parents of children, that can be a great way to avoid 17% tax getting paid to non-dependents. So it really comes down to your situation, the ages of who's involved um, and the greatest amount of control to get the outcome that you're after in conjunction with somebody like with like Kellen. Fantastic. So we're talking today about what is a binding nomination and how does it work? And Luke Smith from Envision Financial is answering those questions. So Luke, what are the key tips that people should keep in mind when it comes to making a nomination for their super fund? Yeah, so the first one would be make sure it's binding. If that's what you're trying to achieve, make sure you've ticked the right box. Get your witnesses in place and send it off to the fund. Check if they will take an electronic copy. Some get very emotional and want the originals posted in, so just check with your respective fund. Um, check the age of the beneficiaries. Make sure you're not causing yourself any tax problems. If you've been divorced, review it, because the last thing you want is your superannuation going to the person you no longer love. Um, make sure your documentation lines up with your broader strategic planning with your will, 
um, and make sure that if you've got legal advice that you haven't contradicted anything in your will because you want it all to move in the same direction. Um, and the other thing I've sort of put on the bottom of that list is get advice. It can be really complicated depending on your situation because we've seen over the last couple of weeks with Kellen that a simple assumption around, oh, me to you, you to me, could have massive implications from a control and a tax perspective. So just be across this, um, be prepared and, and take away the angst from everybody else after you've uh, predeceased them. This uh, point about reviewing things when you become separated or divorced, I guess that's a fairly good rule of thumb to deal with a, a lot of important things. And when you're reviewing things like your binding nomination and your superannuation arrangements or your will or even your enduring powers of attorney, you should be reviewing them on a uh, not necessarily a regular basis, but anytime there's a kind of landmark event in your life. Mm. If you get married, review everything. If you get divorced, review everything. If your kids turn 18, review everything. There are these yep. sort of landmarks along the way, aren't there? Yeah, look, spot on. I think, you know, being being prepared, or as, as someone famously said, if you're early, you're never late. So I think that's a that's a great sort of mantra to have because it is about being prepared because if a bus does get you, um, you don't have time to go back and fix what you were meaning to get to. And the reason we had Kellen in for the last couple of weeks is I say to clients regularly, got a will? Yep. Is it current? Well, we took it out when the kids were born. And how old are the kids now? They're 40. Okay, how about we get it fixed? That'd be great. And I think a lot of people want to do the right thing. I think the fear is they don't know where to go to get that sort of help. Um, so if you're unsure, ring the office. We can put you in touch with a range of different people and just plug that gap because I think the hardest thing about this really, as we've learned over the last couple of weeks, is just getting to do it. Once it's done, it's actually quite simple because you get some great advice and they can help you through it and you're not on your own. And that's an interesting thing too because most people have, for example, a regular doctor that they always see, but they, they don't necessarily have a regular lawyer. Most no. regular people don't need Correct. a lawyer all that often. So when no, the time comes on. and you want a bit of legal advice, often yeah. people are going, well, hang on, who do I see? Yeah, and look, then really that's part of you know the surface offering that we provide is we, we do one part of you know, the financial environment very well, but then we engage professionals in all these other areas. You know, so clients need a lawyer, we can get you one. You need an accountant, we can get you one. You want to get divorced, we can get you one. What sort of divorce is it? We can get you that sort of lawyer as well. If it's good, we got one for that. If it's scorched the earth, I've got a bloke for that too. So, you know, it's really about just understanding that you're not on your own and together we can get an outcome on all fronts and if you want to come and do it, you know, I say to my clients regularly, you want to get the lawyer in here and feel comfortable sitting in my office? Get him in here. No dramas. And then they come and meet, you know, somebody like Kellen and go, well, he's not scary. I was like, well, no, he's not. And nor any of the people that I deal with because they know me, I know them, and we just want that collective outcome of getting a result for our clients so that we can provide the peace of mind that ultimately people are after. Thank That's you. what it's all about, a little bit exactly. of peace of mind. So, That's Luke, it. where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so, you know, 62604749, envisionfinancial.com.au. The strategy stack of Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify, and we've got the YouTube channel, uh, Envision Financial Canberra, um, where you can watch it on the iPhone and go from there. Beautiful stuff. Have a Merry Christmas, Luke. You'll be here next week, but I won't. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. And I'll, I'll see, see you in the new year. Absolutely. I'll see you in 2022. May yeah. it be a whole lot better than the last pair. Beautiful. Absolutely. Luke Smith from Envision Financial on 2CC. It's Canberra Live.